Please turn with me to Joshua and the seventh chapter. Joshua and the seventh chapter will begin reading from verse 16. Joshua chapter 7. I commence reading from verse 16. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near tribe by tribe. And the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought near the clans of Judah. And the clan of the Zerahites was taken. And he brought near the clan of the Zerahites, man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought near his household, man by man, and Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel, and give praise to him, and tell me now what you've done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful clock from China and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them, and see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent, with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran, and they ran to, the, uh, to the tent. And behold, it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. And they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel. And they led them down before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the cloak, and the bar of God, and his sons and daughters, and his oxen, and donkeys, and sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them up to the valley of Akko. And Joshua said, Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They bent them with fire and stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Ankor. We are back in our series of messages in the book of Joshua, and continuing in this, this chapter, we once again come to consider the confession of Achan. Last Lord's Day, we looked at this confession and we saw what I had entitled the misleading charm of sin. And these were seen under the three verbs rec uh, recorded for us in that passage of scriptures, particularly in verse 21, and also the adverb that is given to us. And those are, chroni uh, are chronicled for us or recorded for us to show us that sin is serious. And those verbs are, I saw, I coveted. I took, and then the adverb, they are hidden. And what we learned is this, that we need to guard our eyes, our hearts, so that we do not sin against God. We also saw that temptation can come through any of these verbs. You can either see Covet and took and take, and woe to him if all these three come at once. This morning, 
we continue and we'll still be looking at verse 21 and in that verse we'll be dealing with what I, say, what I see as a hidden warning and what I mean the hidden warning is not that you cannot see it but basically that it is implied in the words or in the confession of Achan to Joshua and that warning is the need for us to watch against covetousness. Beware of covetousness. And you see when Achan is confessing, he says, when I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from China and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them and see, they are hidden in the earth, inside my tent, with the silver underneath. And what we are seeing there is to watch against covetousness. The sin of covetousness represents a, a move away from actions into the realm of attitude. Sin is breaking God's commandments. And we see that in most sin or in all other sins, while breaking the rest of God's commandments, it has sin as its origin in the heart, in the mind. But you see that the sin of man there is a way in which it finds its ultimate, its ultimate expression in some type of a physical activity. Covetousness is different. You can see evidence when someone is lying. There is some aspect in the physical realm or some aspect physical activity. There's physical activity when someone has stolen something. When there is murder, when there is adultery, disobedience to parents, taking God's name in vain, having idols, there is some physical attribution or activity, but it's different with covetousness. There is no evidence in the physical realm, as it were, or physical activity that can immediately be seen that this is because of covetousness. It all begins with the attitude. And it is in that attitude that then spills over into another sin. Achan saw, he coveted, then he stole, and even lied by hiding those things. This is why the sin of covetousness is a sin no one admits to. It's a sin that we rarely confess of. It is a sin that in and of itself is sinful before God. Abraham Lincoln was one of the, he was a president uh, in the States, was seen walking with his two sons and both boys were crying. A passerby asked him, Mr. President, what's wrong with your boys? And he said, exactly what is wrong with the whole world. I have three walnuts and each boy wants two of them. And you could see, the president was basically saying, the boys are full of covetousness. We are three of us, me and my two sons. 
with the three warnings that I have, instead of us sharing one each, each of my sons wants two for themselves. Beware of covetousness. So let's open up this verse and draw lessons for ourselves this morning. The first thing I'd like us to see is that covetousness disorders all of life. Covetousness disarrays all of life. It brings about disorder to all of life. Achan wanted those material things more than a relationship with God. He placed a chunk of myrtle and some clothing above his relationship with God. And therefore, bringing about disarray in the life of the community of God's people, Achan's sin brought about death in the community. 36 men had been killed. Families were affected as a result of Achan's covetousness. There was weeping in the congregation of God's people in, in the nation of Israel. Families mourning the loss of their loved ones. It brought about fear among the people of God. God had promised them that they will conquer the land. And now there was this small town that remained unconquered. And everyone now was beginning to ask the question, has God turned on his promise? It caused the, the enemies of God to rejoice when Israel was defeated. And the only defeat recorded in the book of Joshua. The entire community was gripped with fear. Death in the camp. They lost a battle. His covetousness brought about disorder in the life of God's people. Achan's covetousness betrayed his covenant with God. He brought about a burden to the entire community of God's people. It was because of his covetousness, Achan was greedy for gain. When you read in verse 24, we are told that he had animals, he had oxen, he had donkeys, he had sheep. From the look of things, this man was a wealthy man. He had some property, but because of his covetous heart, he wanted more. And therefore brought about disorder in God's nation. Because God had promised them after Jericho, the next was that city of Ai. And they needed to continue in that order. But his sin put a stop to all that for a moment. To covet literally means to, to desire greatly. And this has, it, it's usually a reference to an object. When you are guilty of covetousness, you are guilty of having a heart for things instead having a heart for God. 
Achan was not satisfied with God's promise that when you are in the land, I will divide the land to each tribe, each man will have a portion, but he wanted more. But also his covetousness made Achan to grab God's possession. God had clearly said to Joshua that Jericho is mine. The silver and the gold and the bronze in Jericho is mine. The rest, bend them. It was God's victory. It was God's possession. It was God's treasure. And Achan was not content with what the Lord had said. And he was willing to go and grab that which belonged to God. He robbed God. God had, a, had put a claim on Jericho. And he had said, Ben, destroy everything. Spare Rahab and, and the family. Then all these precious metal, bring them to my house. And here is a man who even went, went for that which belonged to God with no sense of fear. He went, took some of the treasures that belonged to God. And therefore bringing about disorder in the congregation. A covetous heart will cause you to go for things which are not yours. Even those things that are separated unto God. Because of your covetousness, you are not afraid to rob God of his time, to rob God of the gifts he's endowed on you, to rob God of the resources that he has given you. When God has made it very clear, but because of your covetousness, you are ready to grab the property, possession, or sometimes even people. When you come to a place where you are willing to do anything, to have that which does not belong to you, by any means possible, of your covetous heart and when you are, when you have a covetous heart you cease to trust God to meet your daily needs you cease to, to look unto God you begin to think that God's order of doing things is not good enough for you. Where God has put you in life is not good enough for you. And therefore, you want to go out of God's order of doing things to grab that which you think you need the most. This kind of a heart will ruin you. It will destroy you. The story is told of a man who was tired of seeing his friends owning nicer homes, nicer cars. And so he always felt inferior to them and one day decided that was going to get even or was going to do something so that at least he can be at the level with his friends. So he went to see a real estate agent and put his, his house for sale. So that from the sale of the house, he may buy another property, probably nicer and bigger than his friends. And then one day as he was reading through the paper, he came a, across a list, a list of properties that were on sale in a community he wanted, and he was impressed with the property. And one particular 
property caught his attention. And quickly, he called the real estate agent and told them that he wanted this particular home in this particular location and he wanted to go see it so that he can buy it. And the real estate agent, in response, said to him, Sir, that is your house, the very house we are trying to sell on your behalf. You see what covetousness does. He was not happy with the house he had, but when the same house was put for sale, he wanted to buy his own property because it looked nicer. Covetousness is like that. It's like the, the sea water, which is salty. The more you drink of it, the more you want to drink. And the more you drink of it, it doesn't quench your thirst. That's how the things of this world are. If you pursue them at the expense of your life, divorced from your relationship with God, you keep on chasing after them and you never be satisfied. And the more you have, the more you want. Human beings are greedy and self-centered by nature because of our corrupt nature. And this attitude poisons life and creates a sourness of heart and a bitter disposition of your soul. This is what led Cain to kill his brother. He was bitter. There was sourness within his heart. Covetousness brings about disorder in life. But secondly, covetousness disregards God's law. Covetousness disregards God's law. And again, you see that this was what was the case with Achan. Achan disregarded God's clear instructions. Achan had the commands of God. Yet he willingly went ahead and disregarded what God had instructed through Joshua. You can imagine that last night in Achan's tent as he attempted to bury his sins deeper and deeper under the earth. Has he tried to bury the things he had stolen? You could imagine what was going through his mind. He was basically disregarding everything God had said. Achan was basically saying to himself, even though God says he's a sovereign God, he's a God who's ever-present, that I will disregard. He was denying the sovereignty of God, which was so visibly revealed in the life of the nation of Israel. He had seen how God had brought to destruction the mighty Jericho. He had seen how God had led them in crossing over the Jordan. He had heard of what God had done uh, uh, to the nation of Egypt when he brought out his people. He heard how God had parted the, the Mediterranean Sea for his people to cross. He heard all these things. And some of them, he visibly saw God's mighty acts displayed before him, before the nation. But in that moment, overwhelmed by his covetous heart, he disregarded everything God had said. Covetousness 
has the power to lead men and women to break all the other commandments of God. When you run through the Ten Commandments as recorded in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 all the way to verse 17, you actually see that covetousness breaks all the commandments of God. How many people have placed money and possession ahead of God? Therefore, breaking the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. How many people are willing to bow at the altar of materialism and refuse to bow at the altar of God, breaking the second commandment? How many people are willing to blaspheme the name of the Lord in their efforts to acquire things? Blaspheming the name of the Lord is not just what you say. A life that is lived in a manner that is inconsistent with clear teachings of the scriptures is a blasphemy to the Lord. Breaking the third commandment. How many are willing not to keep the Sabbath day holy because of gain? Yes, we know there are those who work on the Lord's day out of necessity, but the majority is out of gain. Breaking the fourth commandment. How many parents are treated poorly and they are cast aside by their children because they feel that their, children, their parents are too much a financial burden on them. When children begin to feel that their parents are getting more than they, they are giving, and therefore, you just they just abandon their parents in old age. And when you analyze that the majority of them, they neglect their parents because they feel their parents are too much a financial burden to them. How many people have been killed, murdered, because someone wanted that which belonged to them? Therefore, breaking the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. How many marriages today are in shambles because they have been caught up in this covetous quest? where the parties in the marriage are busy pursuing other uh, people outside their marriages and therefore desiring that which does not belong to you and creating their marriages to be in a state of shambles, destroying homes. It goes without saying that stealing is the end result of the covetous soul that has gone too far. You desire, you come up with a plan, and you steal someone else's property. And oftentimes people will lie and spread gossip to destroy someone's reputation, someone in, someone's integrity, because they are envious and covetous of that person's lifestyle, that person's job, that person's position, sometimes even that person's walk with the Lord. Many people have ruined their lives because of covetousness. You see how 
it disregards God's clear instructions. Covetousness is wicked and sinful, and the Lord Jesus Christ gave such clear warnings. When you read in Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, the Lord Jesus Christ warned of having a covetous heart. In Mark chapter 7, verse 21 and 22, the Lord Jesus Christ says, Out of the corrupt heart comes the following, and covetousness is one of them. And many today sin against God because the, the devil tempts them and makes them see that which God forbids as good. When you look at the, the advertising billboards, that makes that which God forbids look like something that is good. When you look at those so-called celebrities, the people you admire, the people you like, and you look at their beautiful lifestyle, and you see how their open lives mock God, and they are mocking God with their success, and you tend to think that's what you need. And you end up being deceived in thinking that having what God forbids will improve your life. Covetousness disregards God's clear instructions. Several years ago, there was some construction work that was taking place. There was the laying of a foundation uh, for buildings outside the city of Pompeii. And then the construction workers found a corpse of a woman who had been fleeing from the explosion of the volcano uh, nearby. And this woman was caught in the rain of the hot ashes. And as they looked at this corpse they found, in the woman's hands were jewels that were well preserved, but she lost her life. She had the jewels in her hand, but lost her life. To covet the things of this world is foolishness because you will not go with them beyond the grave. And to disregard God's clear commandments and dying in that state will lead to your soul being destroyed eternally in hell. Covetousness disregards God's clear commandments. This is what Achan did, and this is what most people are doing. Willing to do anything, go to any extent for that gain, for this and for that. And once you have those things, you discover that you want more. And so you continue chasing, and your, your, your life begins to be up and down, a roller coaster, chasing after things. And the more you have, the more you want to chase for, for more. Never satisfied. And thirdly, covetousness denies the Lord. Covetousness denies the Lord. Achan denied God. He denied God's faithfulness. He denied God's promises. He denied everything that the Lord had said. And ultimately, he was basically denying God. 
Achan demonstrated a lack of faith in God. God had promised and God had demonstrated that he will fulfill and Achan saw how Jericho was destroyed. It was destroyed by putting forth the mighty hand of God and he required the nation of Israel to respond in obedience to God. He lacked faith. He denied God. And he did not think that God would fulfill any of the promises that were made. But also he did not, Achan did not just demonstrate a lack of faith because of his covetousness. He also demonstrated a lack of faithfulness to God. He lacked faith in God. And because of this lack of faith in God, he could not respond to being faithful to this God. It demonstrated a lack of faithfulness. His covetous heart shows that he was unfaithful to God because he could not join the nation in conquering the land. Uh, he could not join the nation in doing up a mop-up operation as the, nation, as the walls of Jericho came down. Instead of him joining the rest of God's people in rejoicing in what God has done, destroying Jericho, he could not do that because of his unfaithfulness. Instead of him inspiring the young in a joyful worship to God, he could not do that. He could not upward respond to God. He could not outwardly respond to his fellow citizens, brethren. He demonstrated a lack of faith which resulted in his unfaithfulness. He could not, with a clear conscience, save God. He could not, with a clear conscience, run through the streets, tent by tent, shouting in rejoicing to what God had done. Because he knew that he had done something wrong. He knew that there was something he had done. He had stolen that which belonged to God. And therefore, he was busy trying to come up with a plan to hide the silver and the gold. Busy in his tent, covering up those objects. This is what covetousness does, brethren. When you allow covetousness to dominate your life, you demonstrate a lack of faith in God. And therefore, it results in unfaithfulness to God. Faith is the assurance that what God has said in his word, he will do it. And faithfulness is living in accord with that truth that what God has said in his word, he will do it. And as you live in accord with that truth, that reality, you are able to respond to God regardless of situation, regardless of circumstance, to say, I do not know what tomorrow holds. One thing I know, God holds the future. And since God has promised that you neither leave me nor forsake me, he will give me all the desires of my heart in accordance with his will. You will face each day with that assurance and saying, Lord, you promise and I'm taking you by your word. We've, most of us fail to be faithful to God 
because of covetousness. Because you know that your life is a contradiction. On one hand, you're saying, I believe in God. He's a sovereign God. He does as he pleases. And on this other hand, you're busy crying and pursuing and coveting things that do not belong to you. And because of that, you fail to fully give yourself to the service of God. Your conscience torments you. You can't rejoice that my heart, my mind is set on the heavenly, uh, on things above, because you know yourself. You fail to rejoice with others when God promotes them or when God blesses them. And therefore you deny God. You deny God by your actions. You deny God by your quest of your heart. When you allow covetousness to dominate your life, you become a slave to the thing you want. When this happens, you become guilty of placing God in second place in your life. There is nothing wrong with owning or having possessions. But when those possessions begin to possess you, then there's everything wrong with that. When you allow things to supersede God in your life, then you're guilty of idolatry. And the Apostle Paul in Colossians 3 verse 8 tells us covetousness is idolatry because it replaces God then it, it, it magnifies the thing you desire to be more important than God. That even you disregard God's word and therefore you deny God himself. And this was the case with Achan. Even the warnings of Joshua did not threaten him when he heard what Joshua said that whoever is going to take the accursed things, him and his family will be destroyed. That did not deter, that did not cause him to stop and think, no, he looked at the Babylonian garment, he looked at the silver, he looked at the gold, and he said, whatever God is saying, it's because God doesn't want me to enjoy these things, and therefore I will reach them and grab them for myself. Sin still offers these same attractions even today. Many people who knowingly commit sin do so under the impression that what they are doing is, forbid is forbidden just because God does not want them to have any fun. And the reasoning is, if God is truly loving, surely you allow me to do this which I desire. And if God allows me to do this which I desire, then God will understand and not punish me. I was just doing what I desire. He's put those desires in me. So why am I being punished? for doing that which I desire as a result of God creating me this way. And it sounds very logical, but it's a denial of God. God has said to all of us, seek he first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. 
Covetousness may cause you to lose everything you have. Achan lost everything. His sons, his daughters, his tent, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and were told, and all that he had. If it was used modern day examples, if he had an iPhone, he lost it. If he had a coffee maker, he lost it. Oh, because of covetousness. If he had a car, he lost it. Losing everything because of one act, one deed, as a result of one look. Don't deceive yourself thinking that you control those covetous ages raging in you. They will destroy you. You can never be faithful to God as long as you are consumed by the things of this world. Unless Christ is Lord of your life, unless Christ conquers your heart, your covetousness, you cannot be faithful to God. Beware of covetousness. It is a subtle sin. It is a sin that no one will admit to. Achan put aside the word of God so that he could satisfy his greed, his desires. And he found out the hard way that his actions did not bring about the happiness and the enjoyment he thought it would bring. He thought when all is done, dressed in the Babylonian garment, he will look cool in the streets of the congregation or in the streets of Israel. And everyone would be looking at him and wondering who the designer was. But he did not bring about the enjoyment he thought it would. Instead, he lost everything, even his life. The sin of Achan teaches us that we should set our minds on things above because the things of this world will not satisfy. There is a God-created vacuum in all of us that cannot be satisfied by any created things but God himself. There is this vacuum in us no amount of created things can satisfy that vacuum but God himself. Jesus left the realms of heaven, walked this earth, died on the cross so that whosoever believes in him may find fulfillment in Christ. The covetous heart can be conquered in Christ. He lived in this world. He was tempted and he resisted the temptation. He trusted his father to fulfill his promises to him 
Jesus knows what it means to be tempted by the things of this world. And he's, he can save you from your sin. He can save you from the slave of, of, of covetousness. If you believe in his perfect obedience, in his life that he gave on the cross, that whosoever believes will be saved. The hymn writer asks the question, who can cheer the heart like Jesus? Who? By his presence, all divine, pure, true, and tender. And he says, oh, how blessed to call him mine. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. And the fairest of 10,000 in my blessed Lord I see. The hymn writer is not saying, I'm not tempted by the things of this world. Oh, I don't see them. No, he's saying, those things don't thrill my soul. It's Jesus. Whether I have them or not, Jesus is everything to me. And he says in one of the stanza, what a wonderful redemption. Never can a mortal know. Mercy higher than the heavens. Deeper than the deeper sea. And he said, by that crystal river, all I shall see him. Then and forever, and forever I'll be with him, praising and glorifying the Son. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. I ask you if you do not know this joy, you don't know what you're missing. If you do not know this joy, I can't find words to, to, to help you see, help you understand all that God the Holy Spirit may cause you to see that in Christ there is fullness of joy. In Christ there is liberty of heart. In Christ there is all that your soul needs. Forgiveness of sin. Oh, don't go back the same way you came. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Amen.